0: Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzovino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Praise God. If you would please find Second Chronicles chapter 7. If your Bible doesn't just open to it by now, it will soon. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 1. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the house or of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. <clears throat> Do you ever want to try to get away from something thinking that you got all of it? or out of it, all of it, you thought you were going to get, and so you want to move on? Well, I was there today, and I thought I was going to minister on something else tonight, but something popped inside me and said, You're not, so I'm going to obey God and believe God and go with the flow of the Holy Ghost. This thought came into my mind as I was thinking about this, and it said, Possessed of God, or Possessed by God. God wants to inhabit His people. He wants to live and dwell within each and every one of them. He wants to be alive in them in spirit, in soul, and in body. And that is the message of the Spirit at this hour. That is what He is looking to accomplish and achieve in all of His children, to be alive, a living being in each and every one, in spirit, in soul, and in body. See, man is a triune being, spirit, soul, and body. And redemption provides for each part of man's being. Salvation is in spirit, soul, and body, not just for the spirit of man to be born again, to receive eternal life, and that's the end. God is saying, I want to manifest my presence in spirit, in soul, and in body. I believe that when he inhabits his people the way he wants to, then that's when the the very outflow of his life is increased through each child of God to accomplish his purposes and to carry out his will. Well... To achieve that, beloved, this verse is very important. It says, in effect, you can't have fire without sacrifice. If you want to have a greater manifestation of Jesus in your spirit, in your soul, in your body, no matter who we are, we must have sacrifice. There must be sacrifice on the part of the child of God. Without sacrifice... There is no fire. You'll notice in this verse, after they had made sacrifice, then the fire fell from heaven and that fire consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and that fire then gave place to what? The glory of God. It filled the house of God. Well, we collectively make up a house of God and we individually also make up the house of God. And if we want the glory in the house then the fire is going to have to burn up the chaff and make way for the glory. And in order to have the fire, which is a supernatural fire, there's going to have to be sacrifice on the part of the believer. Once again, you see here sacrifice being made and also you see fire coming from heaven and the glory filling the house of God. Well, we know that Jesus was the last sacrifice that was offered before the Lord as far as sacrifices to satisfy the claims of justice that were being held against mankind. And after he was sacrificed, we are told he ascended into heaven and offered up his blood as an eternal sacrifice for the sin of mankind, for all the human race. Well, where there's sacrifice, we know there's fire, right? Well, the fire of God fell from heaven in that upper room where those 120 individuals were. And that cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each and every one of them. Amen. It was doing a work of the Spirit in each of their lives. The fire of God upon them. And if you don't believe it, just look at Peter. Peter went from being a coward, from saying, ah, I, won't, I won't deny you, Lord. I won't deny you, Lord. I won't deny you, Lord. I'll, I'll stand by your side even if it means my life. Boy, it just goes to show us how little we know about ourselves. Because when he was placed in the position that he had to offer his life for the Lord, he cowered and denied the Lord three times, right? Well, the same Peter on the day of Pentecost received fire. It sat upon each of them, Peter included. That fire that sat upon him did a work in him, and then he was, everybody say, filled. As well as the others, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, which is the glory of God. Synonymous. The Holy Ghost, the glory of God. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Peter also was filled with the Holy Ghost. See, the fire came on, hit him on the head. Holy Ghost came and filled them up. They were filled like this house was filled. And Peter went from that place, glory to God, and he wasn't concerned about his life. He wasn't concerned about whether or not they would throw him in jail and behead him. He was preaching Jesus. It didn't matter what they thought. You see a change about Peter, don't you? You see a quickening in Peter's life. You see a boldness about him that he didn't possess before. You see an assurance. You see a display of triumphant faith. He was changed. What changed him? The fire of God. Glory to God. The fire of God and the indwelling presence of the living God himself. Beloved... I believe that God is calling our attention to the fact that the Holy Ghost baptism is a holy thing. A holy thing. Do you recognize and realize this? Every child of God that is filled with the Spirit of God is the temple of God upon the face of the earth, which is a holy, sacred place. Have you ever considered yourself to be a holy, sacred place? You are. You are. The temple of God that housed the Shekinah glory was a holy, sacred place. So holy that anybody that intruded into its presence was struck dead because they couldn't stand in the presence of the living God and live. Well, beloved, you house the Shekinah glory of God now. We all house the Shekinah glory of God now. Can you say amen? You are a holy temple of God. And God wants that holiness that is on the inside of us to manifest in our minds, our souls, the soulish part of man, his thinking faculties, his reasoning faculties. We all need to have a transformation to take place within our thinking. See, we don't think like God thinks. As a matter of fact, to think less of yourself than a holy, sacred place is not to think like God thinks. Did you know that? Who, are you talking about me? Yes, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about me. If I think of myself less than what God thinks of me, that's not holy thinking. That's the truth. I need to see myself the way God sees me. I need to think of myself as the way God thinks of me. Amen. See, if I start thinking the way of God, I'll start holy thinking and its process in my life. And God wants us to walk before Him with an upright spirit and with a holy mind as well as a healthy body. And the only way you can have those things is by having God in you. is by having the manifest presence of Jesus in you. And having that manifest presence of Jesus that's in your spirit spill over into your soul. That will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is distracted from thee. No, no whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Your mind is fixed on God. Your mind is fixed on Jesus. Your mind is fixed on the life of God. Set your affection on those things that be above and not things that be on the earth. Set your mind on those things. See, there'll be a quickening in your mind. It'll give place to the very life of God, the very manifest presence of Jesus in your mind, in my mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then it'll spill over into your physical body. It'll produce strength. It'll produce health. And the glory of God will be made manifest or the life of God manifest also in your physical body. Amen. Beloved, I believe there is a primary way that we can achieve this and it's offering sacrifice to God. Now stay with me just for a moment here. In 1 Peter chapter... but We better turn there. In First Peter chapter 2 verse 5... I know I'm sharing with you like I've never said it before, you've never heard it before, but that's how God wants it to be, fresh manna. manna. Fresh manna from heaven. Amen. In First Peter chapter 2, anybody here desirous to walk before God with an upright spirit? Amen. And to have within you the manifest presence of Jesus that is in your spirit like you've never had it, have had it manifested before? Amen. Anybody here desiring to have the manifest presence of God in your soul? I mean, Jesus manifested in your soul like He has never been manifested before. Anybody here desires to have Jesus, the very life of God, the Zoe of God, manifest in your mortal body and your flesh so that the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus overrides the law of sin and death that's at work in your members and it manifests in health, healing and strength, a quickening in your mortal body to take you to new places in God. Anybody desire that? so that you become so saturated with the very presence of God that the shafts of His light actually emanate from your being. Hallelujah. So that when you lay your hands on the sick, you're not laying empty hands on the sick, you're laying hands that have been saturated in the very presence of God and the life of God, the glory of God, the power of God. You see, how in the world can it come out if the house is not full? Amen. How can there be an overflow without first there be a filling, an infilling? How can there be an outflow? Jesus says, come to me and drink and out of your belly shall flow. Notice the drinking brings it in and then there's the outflow, hallelujah, of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit that they which believe on him should receive. Jesus was the last sacrifice made as far as the claims of justice being held against, being satisfied that were held against mankind. But as believers, we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2. And beginning at verse 1, Wherefore, laying aside all malice, get malice out if you want the glory in. And all guile, get the guile out if you want the glory in. Hypocrisies, get the hypocrisies out if you want the glory in. And envies, get the envies out if you want the glory in. And evil speaking out if you want the glory in. Beloved, the Holy Ghost is saying to us, It's time to get serious with these matters. And not just think about them, not just talk about them, but get serious. Get these things out if you want the glory in. And what's going to get it out is the fire of God. Hallelujah. The fire of God is going to get it out. It's not something we can do on our own. It's like the work that was done in Peter's life. It was the fire of heaven that consumed the chaff, gave place to the glory of God, filled him, With the glory of God, his house was full. So full, there was an overflow of preaching and ministering that very same life that filled him. Can you say amen to that? He was so saturated that even his shadow, overshadowing some people, got them healed and delivered and set free. Hallelujah. Boy, that's victorious faith, isn't it? Then he goes on to say, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Notice you've got to get something out so that you can get something in. Get something out so that you can get something in. If so be that you have tasted the Lord is gracious to whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men but chosen of God and precious, ye also, that's talking about every single one of us, as lively stones are built up a Spiritual house, say with me. I am, a spiritual house. I am a spiritual house. Individually, you are, and collectively, we are a spiritual house. Now listen. And holy priesthood, say I am a holy priesthood. I am a holy priesthood. Now look at to offer up spiritual sacrifices, spiritual sacrifices. Where there is no sacrifice, there is no fire. Where there is no fire, there is no glory. Right. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah! It says spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. You know that that the Father God did not accept Abel's sacrifice. But he accepted, I mean, I'm sorry, Cain's sacrifice, but he accepted Abel's. He did not accept Cain's sacrifice, but he accepted Abel's. Our sacrifices are to be made acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. What are those sacrifices? Well, go on back to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. By Him, therefore. By whom? By Jesus. Our sacrifices are to be made acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. What are those sacrifices? By Him, therefore. By Jesus, that is, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Hallelujah. Praise is not to be a duty or out of duty. Praise is not to be out of obligation Praise is a sacrifice, a sacrifice, a spiritual sacrifice unto God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks or confessing to His name. How often have you made sacrifice to God for this? this is, that is the sacrifice of praise. Father God, I praise you for being alive in my spirit. I praise you for your divine nature in my innermost being. I praise you, Father God, for the very character of Jesus Christ manifested in my spirit. I praise you that my spirit is alive with the very life of God. Zoe, which is the Greek word for life, and it means life as God has it. It's the word that Jesus used when he said, I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Father, I praise You for the abundant life that is in my spirit. I praise You that it overflows my spirit until it enters my soul, until my mind is just filled with the knowledge of Zoe life, until the very thoughts that I have are consumed with the thoughts of God, the thoughts of the character of Jesus. I thank You that the life of God is manifested in my soul. I thank You, dear Father, God, that I think Your thoughts and then my thoughts are on you. See, and as you praise Him, as you thank Him, bless Him and praise Him for, for being alive in your spirit, He becomes alive in your spirit. As you praise Him for, for taking over your mind and your thinking faculties and flooding your mind with the thoughts of God, beloved, He does that. He sends the fire from heaven. As you start saying, Father, I thank You that the central nervous system of my brain is flooded with the very life of God, the zoe life of God. And it's just traveling through my body as shafts of light carried by the cells of my body that are responding to your life. And I thank you the law of the Spirit of life that made Jesus, hallelujah, the one risen from the dead and victorious over death, hell, and the grave that's alive in me is quickening my mortal body right now, making me free from the law of sin and death that's at work in my members. That law is being overridden by the law of the Spirit of life. And I'm telling you, when you do that, when you start saying, Father, I thank you that your life is also abiding in my tongue, on my lips, evil speaking is far from me. I praise you. The words that I speak are wholesome words of life, faith-filled words, words of power, words of life. When you start making sacrifice to God like that, beloved, I'm telling you, God sends the fire from heaven. God sends the fire from heaven and the fire will fall and burn up the sacrifice or consume the sacrifice. Praise God and He'll leave a residue of the glory of God on your lips. A residue of the glory of God everywhere you go. I am convinced that in this day the Father wants us so full of Himself, so possessed of God that we can walk into a place and people can see the glory of God on us. I'm not talking about the physical eye. I'm talking about a, a sense. They sense the glory of God emanate from you in such a way they're convicted of their sin. I've had that happen. I have had that happen. And I'm expecting more of it to happen in this day. Hallelujah. What about you? You want that kind of life in God? You want to be possessed by God? See, that's where tri- where triumphant faith comes from, being possessed by God. And that's how you get possessed by God. Hallelujah. Praising God for His life that's in your spirit. Praising Him for its overflow. Praise Him for the person of the Holy Ghost indwelling you. You realize that when we received the Holy Ghost baptism, we received a person? The person of the Holy Ghost came on the inside of you to indwell you, to make your body the temple of the living God. And He being on the inside of us, wants us to acknowledge His presence. Father, I praise You for the mighty Holy Ghost on the inside of me. I praise You that He's alive in me. I praise You that He is a living force in me. I praise You that He is doing what Jesus said He would do in me. What's that? I praise You that He's guiding me into all truth. I praise You that He is speaking to me what He hears of the Father. And I praise You that He is showing me things to come. He is bringing all things to my remembrance and He is glorifying Jesus through my life. Glory to God. Can you say amen? See, when you start offering the sacrifice of praise like that, you know what happens? The fire falls. God consumes the sacrifice and leaves a residue of His glory, His presence, His power in your life. You'll walk in the freshness of the life of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if you just say, well, I'm barely making it today. How are you today, saint? Well, I'm barely making it. Why? Well, I don't know. I just don't feel right. I'm not saying you don't feel that way on occasions during the day and who knows, maybe every day. But the Bible says we don't walk by feelings. We walk by faith. You want to get some fire and you start sacrificing praise. You start praising God for who He is in your life, I'm going to tell you something right now. He'll send the fire from heaven. He'll burn up the chaff. See, here's what fire does, just so that we understand clearly why He sends the fire. Fire refines. It purges. It purifies. It removes that which is unholy. That's what it does. Fire energizes. It moves people, motivates people to activity and service. You see other people on fire for God, you can't help but to be influenced by that same fire that you see in their lives. Fire spreads. As it spreads, it transforms everything in its path. Glory to God. It influences, as I said, people. And that's why God sends the fire. Did you notice that? Did you notice on the day of Pentecost when the fire fell and the house was filled with the glory? And Peter preached by the unction of the Holy Ghost. All that was a work of God, Amen. And Peter couldn't even say, "I preached by my own ability." He preached by the power of God. And as he did, you know what happened? That fire spread, didn't it? it Three thousand souls got saved. They couldn't take it. I said they couldn't take it. They had to enter in. Why? Because they saw the glory of God. They saw the real life of God manifested there. But when they did, they just got a hold of it. They got saved. It was the work of God, a work of the Spirit of God. And you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come on you and shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and to the uttermost part of the earth. You see, beloved, what happens oftentimes in in people's lives, and it's everybody. You've all been there one time or another. But sometimes people go through the motions. Do you know what I mean by that? Go through the motions of prayer yet lack the fervency of spirit. That's when it's time to call to heaven for the fire. Sometimes people go through the motions of worship, yet they really lack that true heartfelt spirit of praise. Something's missing on the inside, just going through the motions. You've been there. You've got to look to heaven for the fire. Make a sacrifice. You may not feel like it, but sacrifice your praise to God and let Him send the fire that fire will rekindle within you that heartfelt worship and praise. Sometimes people go through the motions of study. Study the Bible. But yet they lack the interest that they should have as far as revelation is concerned and direction that comes from heaven above. And so they just go through a quick, brief reading of God's Word, put it aside, and that's it. But I'm telling you, when you sacrifice to God and the fire falls and you start studying God's Word with a true desire to know revelation and direction from above, you know what happened to you? You'll get lost in the Word of God. It will not be a hard thing to do. It'll be a thing you'll be hard to get away from. Right. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. And the same thing is, can be found with regard to your giving. We've all been there before. You know, your giving. Sometimes people give out of duty and obligation. God doesn't want that kind of giving. God wants us to give cheerfully in faith. But when people go through just the motions of it, see their heart's not in it. And sometimes people think that it's just, this is a burden, but I've got to do it out of duty and obligation. It's time for the fire to fall. It's time for the fire to fall. Amen. And make your sacrifice of praise to God and start saying, remember it says giving thanks unto His name? Jehovah Jireh, remember me? Jehovah Jireh, I praise you for being my Jehovah Jireh. I praise you for being the one that gives us the power to get wealth. The Bible says that. I praise you for the covenant that I have with you that enables you, dear Father God, to to bring across my path the blessings of prosperity. I thank you, dear Father God, for, for being Jehovah Jireh to me. I'm giving, dear Father God, and I'm asking for the fire to fall in my life once again. Hallelujah. You'll start finding out miracles will take place, signs will take place, demonstrations of God's mighty power will take place. You'll begin to see a work of God take place and Jehovah Jireh will send His fire on the scene in your heart, in your life and your giving once again will be with joy and rejoicing. Not out of duty or obligation, but with joy and rejoicing. Hallelujah. That's why God sends the fire to refine us, to excite us, to energize us, to influence us, to set ablaze within our spirit that heartfelt desire to serve Him wholeheartedly. Another sacrifice that we make in the book of Romans, and beloved, here's an area where we really need to be cautious because if we're not, we may miss it. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you, everybody say you, and that means me, present your body's a living sacrifice. You know it's living. Your body's living. Thank God it is. But it needs to be a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. You know the Apostle Paul said that he died daily unto self so he could be alive unto God. Present your body daily as a living sacrifice. Holy, everybody say acceptable Under God, which is your reasonable or spiritual duty or service. Now listen carefully. We offer him our body. I don't want to live in this body, O Lord. I want you to live in this body. I don't want to be seen among men, O Lord. I want you to be seen among men. I don't want myself to be projected through this body, Father. I want Jesus to be projected through this body. So I present it to you today as a holy sacrifice, acceptable through Jesus. Remember he said back there in 1 Peter 2, acceptable through Jesus, spiritual sacrifices. Hallelujah, which is my spiritual duty. Well, look at another verse in connection with that in 2 Corinthians in chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We have this glory of God in our spirits. God wants it to spill over to our minds, eventually getting into our bodies so that we can manifest the very presence of Jesus. Let me give you your attention. You, you find that yet, 2 Corinthians chapter 4? Give me your attention just for a moment. I'm going to take a side journey here. Is that okay with you? Yeah. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. The Bible says in 1 John 3 8, For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, beloved, listen carefully. That's talking about the work of Satan in the lives of human beings, in spirits, souls, and bodies. Think about that for a moment. Jesus was manifested to destroy the work of Satan in spirits, souls, and bodies. And wherever Jesus was manifested, I guarantee you the work of Satan was destroyed. You go through the Gospels and you can see that. Wherever there was sin, grace much more abounded in his presence. Wherever there was mental anguish, he brought deliverance for his God as he unleashed the very power of the living God. Wherever bodies were destroyed with sickness and disease, he brought healing and health. He destroyed the work of Satan everywhere he went in the Gospels. Isn't that true? In the spirit, soul, and body. Well, beloved, listen to this carefully. When Jesus enters the spirit of a man, Jesus' manifested presence It destroys the work of spiritual death within the human heart, which is the work of Satan. That means when you made Jesus your Savior and Lord, His manifest presence crushed the work of Satan and your spirit became alive. When we learn how to get Jesus manifested in our minds, our souls, He destroys the work of darkness that was brought about through the fall and our minds, our souls are quickened with the very life of God. You see it slow? The manifest presence of Jesus in your mind and your soul crushes the work of Satan from the human soul. He restores my soul and brings peace and rest, the peace of God in my soul. Hallelujah. Now you Ready? Wherever Jesus' presence is manifested in the flesh, the body of the believer. See, the key is to get the presence of Jesus manifested because where he's manifested, he destroys the work of the devil. He, divine healing is the manifest presence of Jesus in the human body. That flow of God's life is from spirit, soul, then to the body. And when Jesus is manifested in your physical body, here's what happens. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus overrides the law of sin and death bringing strength, healing, and health to the human body. Amen. Where Jesus is. Right. Jesus wants not just in your spirit, he wants in your soul and in your body. Can you say amen? amen. Triune salvation for the triunity of man. Right. Hallelujah. Right. Now, I said all that to bring us to this. Right. See, there was a time, start with verse three, Second 2 Corinthians 4, 3. There was a time when we were in darkness. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts, there it is, our spirits, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, which means eradicating from our minds that lack of knowledge, removing the darkness, bringing the light. But we have this treasure. Notice, we have this treasure. What treasure? The life of God in spirit and soul, in earthen vessels, bodies that are mortal, death-doomed, earthen, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. The dying of the Lord Jesus. The dying of the Lord Jesus. In other words, I'm dead to self. Listen. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body that's a good time to shout that the life of Jesus the Zoe life of God Jesus would be manifest in our body God wants to send the fire to burn up the chaff so that the glory of God would fill the house of God the spirit of man so filled with the life of God that it spills over to the soul and then it gives place to the life of Jesus manifesting in the mortal body. Verse eleven. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be might mani- may manifest in our mortal flesh. You seeing this? the life of Jesus manifest in our mortal flesh. That is divine healing. That is divine life. That is divine health. It is a walk with Jesus that gives place to a consciousness of his life in spirit, his life in soul, and his life manifests in our mortal flesh. That is the place that God wants to take us to, saints of God. And beloved, that kind of a life gives place to triumphant faith. Glory to God, that kind of a life life gives place to a faith that is triumphant and creative. It is an unleashing of the very miracle life of God through us into humanity. I want to show you the effect of that life. Look at Mark's gospel quickly, if you would please. Chapter 1 of Mark's gospel. And I pray that our souls will be elevated to this kind of thinking so that the people of God in this place would be committed to living in a higher life with God. That's my prayer. Beloved, if we are not aspiring to this, something is wrong with our lives. We should want as much of the life of God manifested in us and through us as we possibly can. When we assemble together like this, we should achieve this. As far as God is concerned, God's manifest presence in our midst. If we haven't done that, apparently we're not making the right sacrifice. Because where there's sacrifice, there is fire. And where there is fire, there is glory. You see why he wants to eliminate going through the motions of prayer, worship, study, giving? Because when we assemble together like this, he wants it to be genuine. He'll send the fire to purge, to refine, so that it can be and will be, and then the house will fill with the glory of the Lord. In Mark 1, verse 32, and at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him, they brought unto him, now stop right there, stop at him, they brought unto him. Him, of course, this is Jesus. Jesus just was baptized, Jesus came up out of the water the Spirit descended on him like a dove. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. He was the very temple of God on earth, anointed, as the Bible said, by the Father, with the Holy Ghost in power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. When they brought these afflicted people to the presence of Jesus, look at what it says. All that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. Verse 39. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. Chapter 3, verse 10. For he had healed many insomuch that they pressed upon him for to touch him, as many as had plagues. And unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God. And he straightly charged them that they should not make him known. The life of God was so manifest through Jesus that when he was in the presence of disease, when he was in the presence of demons, the demons, without him saying a word, recognized him, were fearful of him, and bowed before him. I don't know if we can handle this next statement I'm about to make. The works that I do shall ye do also, and greater than these shall ye do because I go unto my Father. Do you hear what he's saying? He was so full of God's anointing and power and the Holy Ghost that disease shriveled up, that demons Bowed their knees and were afraid of Him. Beloved, I believe that God wants to take us to that place. But He can't if we don't raise our consciousness. He can't if we don't elevate our souls to that kind of thinking. We have got to begin to sacrifice the sacrifice of praise, praising God for everything that He's done in our spirit. I want to give us a quick, quick, quick lesson, real quick lesson here on how to rise to that place. It's a threefold thing. Number one, there must be in our lives a daily feeding on the Word of God. Matthew 4, 4 says, Man shall not live, everybody say live, by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Do you know what that statement means? Listen carefully. Do you know what that statement means? It means this. What natural food is to the natural body, spiritual food is to the spirit of man. So what natural food does to the body the Word of God does to the Spirit. And every single day, we are consciously aware of the fact that we've got to feed our bodies. I don't know about you, but I've, ever, I've noticed this. Every time I've ever gone on a fast, the first day is horrendous, awful, horrible. You think you're going so well for the first so many hours, and then all of a sudden it hits you, and your body rebels. Not just hunger, weakness. Weakness sets in. Your head starts screaming. I remember going on a a, a pretty lengthy fast. It was a seven-day fast one time. I'm going to tell you something. There There were times at night, like after the third day, i just lie there in bed, and I thought my whole body was screaming in rebellion. Almost like you go through ups and downs during that particular time, and the body was just like, what are you doing to me? See, the physical body was made this way. It needs to eat daily. Have you ever been down at a meal sometimes, usually at Thanksgiving time? You've eaten a meal you thought, I'll never eat again the longest day I live. Have you ever been there before? I mean, really, have you been there before? I mean, you ate grandma's pumpkin pie, Martha's uh, sweet potato pie. I mean, you had chicken, you had uh, turkey. I mean, you had everything under the sun, little ravioli on the side with a meatball. I mean, you had all this, and you thought, my goodness, I will never, ever, ever eat again. But you know what? A couple hours later, <laughs> the stomach said, hmm, why is that? Why is that? Man shall not live by bread alone because you see your body needs to eat. Beloved, listen carefully. If we fed our bodies, but some people feed their spirit from the Word of God, there'd be many cases of malnutrition. There can be no vibrant life of God in spirit without a daily routine of feeding your spirit the Word of God daily. Number two, there can be no overflow of that life into your soul until there is a confession of who we are and what we have in Christ as well as a confession of what God has done for us. When you start saying, confessing, speaking, the communication of your faith becomes effectual as you acknowledge everything in you in Christ Jesus. When you start saying, I have the life of God in me, I praise you, God, my Father God, for what you've done in my spirit I thank you for restoring my soul. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm a king and a priest under the Most High God and I submit myself to offer spiritual sacrifices of praise unto you. When you start saying that and you agree with the Word of God, there is an overflow of that life and then there's the manifest presence of Jesus in your soul. Hallelujah. Which will spill over and flow into your body. But thirdly, and I want you to see this one most importantly, And I'll close it with right here, 2 Corinthians and chapter 14, I believe it is, 2 Corinthians. My Corinthians is just about ripped ripped apart from this Bible. I can take Hebrews with me. In 2 Corinthians and chapter 14, or 13 rather, The last chapter and verse 14. I knew there's a 14 in there somewhere. Look at verse 11. It just just started there. I'm going to look at verse 14, but just back up. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. Boy, if you just took that one verse, you could live by it. Look how rich the Word of God is. You take one verse, you could live by that. Everything I'm preaching tonight is in that verse. Now listen, greet one another with an holy kiss. All the saints salute you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion... And the communion, that's my last point, communion. Feed on the Word daily. Confess the Word daily. And listen, have communion with the Holy Ghost. The communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Listen, do you know what communion means? Intimacy of fellowship or rapport. Intimacy of fellowship with the Holy Ghost. Where's the Holy Ghost? In you. Without communion. Intimacy of fellowship with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the divine agent of God at work in the earth today. Without communion or intimacy of fellowship with the Holy Ghost, the work of Christ cannot be carried out in our lives. That means I must. Look to the Word of God and say, Father God, you said the Holy Ghost would teach me all things. He would guide me into all truth. He would show me things to come. He would speak to me what he hears of the Father. He would glorify Jesus in my life. And so I'm here to develop an intimate rapport with him. I study the Word. I confess the Word. And now I give place to the Holy Ghost to make it reality. I praise you that I can do the works of Jesus. I praise you that when I walk into the presence of men, the very life of God emanates, permeates my being and emanates. So there is a fragrance of Christ unleashed through me. Father, I praise you that the life of Christ is manifest in my mortal flesh. But to have it, I have to sacrifice, don't I? I have to die daily to self. Can you see that? This is the place that God is taking us to by his Spirit. Amen. And all I can say is, Father, let the fire fall. Let's all gather around this altar, if we would, please. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am.